Chapter 18 Ben had spent the entire day running around doing errands downtown, and was bone-tired. Amongst the chores was a visit to the bank. They weren't moving on putting Tina's house on the market, and that was frustrating. He'd spoken directly to the branch manager, but his hands were tied as the decision had to come from head office. Ben had also stopped by his lawyer's office to sign some papers, including an amendment to his will. He wanted to ensure certain people were taken care of should he meet an early demise. He wasn't going to leave people in the kind of trouble James had left Tina. Not that he was going to tell anyone, but he felt better knowing. The passport office was the usual exercise in frustration, but he'd get his new one in a couple of weeks. He was looking forward to taking a soak in the hot tub, one of Tina's delicious meals, then crawling under the covers for some shut-eye. As he pulled onto his street, he noticed a huge black SUV parked up on Rochelle's front lawn just before her house. Not the usual way to park a car and maybe a bad sign. He slowed his truck to a crawl and looked up at the home. He could see movement inside the big picture window as the living room lights were much brighter than the twilight he was driving through. Suddenly, he saw a large man pushing someone, maybe Rochelle, down with a violent shove. Ben was parked in the driveway and heading up her steps in seconds. He pounded on the door and heard heavy footsteps approaching. The moment the door started to open, he surged forward and pushed inside. The door's edge caught the man in the nose and rocked him back. Ben stepped past him and headed straight for the living room, where Rochelle was struggling painfully to get back to her feet. He carefully lifted her and set her on the sofa. Who the fuck is this? The man yelled belligerently as he stood in the entrance to the living room, holding his bloody nose. Rochelle grabbed and held Ben's hand and gave him a look that silenced him. Ben nodded slightly looking into her eyes cautiously. He turned to look at the man for the first time. He was big, well-muscled, with a variety of faded tattoos running down each arm. He was well-dressed, clean, shaven, and was very handsome, except for the rage, twisting his features. Greg, I told you back at the restaurant, and I will tell you again. We are over. Done. We had some fun. But I told you from the start I wasn't interested in a player. You cheated on me while we were on a date. I'm done with being mistreated that way. Please leave, she said firmly. Bitch, did you not hear me? I said. Who the fuck is this? Greg bellowed. He looks like he should be smarter than he sounds, Ben remarked, his voice oddly flat and calm. Rochelle couldn't stop the surprised chuckle from bubbling out, but wished she had because Greg immediately rushed forward with murder in his eyes. Then he was on the floor. Rochelle didn't even see Ben's move. Greg was flat on his back, slowly blinking and bleeding steadily from his crushed nose. He spat out blood and some teeth. Linda, call the police, Ben said. Rochelle looked at Ben when she heard the name. Linda, his voice still sounded off. She turned and grabbed the handset on the end table and dialed. Greg rolled onto his chest and started to drag himself away. Ben stepped forward to pin him down until the police arrived. Suddenly, the prone man spun and stabbed Ben in the calf with the switchblade he'd concealed under his body. The blade went in deep. 
Ben grabbed Greg's wrist and squeezed until bones snapped. Then he squeezed some more. Bones splintered. Greg screamed and released the knife, which remained in Ben's leg. Ben felt his right leg giving out from the shock of the knife stuck in his calf. He couldn't risk the bastard getting up and hurting Linda again, so he twisted and let himself fall on the man's back. He heard another snap. Greg's face bounced off the floor. Rochelle screamed and rushed to Ben's side. She reached for the knife, sticking out of his leg. Don't touch the knife, Ben growled through his teeth. Are the police coming? Ask for an ambulance too? Rochelle nodded and went back to the call. Do you have any zip ties? Ben asked. Yes, in the workshop downstairs. Get them. Rochelle rushed away, and a couple of minutes later, she returned. Greg made noises like he was coming to, and Ben looked like he was ready to kill him as he held him down. Give me one, Ben said tersely. Rochelle handed him one, and Ben immediately pulled Greg's arms behind his back and zipped his wrists together. Then he got Rochelle to zip-tie Greg's ankles together. Once that was done, Ben carefully rolled off of the man and pushed himself across the floor over to the couch where he leaned back on it. He kept his right leg elevated and the bleeding didn't look too bad. She sat down on the couch next to him. Police, they heard, shouted from the front door. In the living room, to the left, Rochelle called out. The first officer glanced around the corner then holstered his weapon as his partner followed him in. He checked on the zip-tied man lying on his chest and then moved to look at Ben's leg. Don't touch the knife. Leave it in for now, sir. The ambulance is on its way, he said, and Ben just nodded. Ben looked up at Rochelle. You okay? The shock was setting in, and he looked confused as he suddenly saw it wasn't Linda. Rochelle smiled down at Ben, knife sticking out of his leg and he was asking about her. I'm good. I'm bruised from when he threw me down against the end table. But I'm okay besides that. Ben, who's Linda? Did I say that out loud? He asked quietly. Yes, you called me Linda. Who is she? Someone I used to know a very long time ago. She, she was in a similar situation, but I couldn't help her. Ben ground out between his teeth. You helped me. How did you know I was in trouble? Rochelle asked. I saw the big truck parked on your lawn, so I slowed down to see if you were all right. I saw someone being thrown to the floor. Then I was inside, Ben mumbled, embarrassed that he'd lost himself in that memory. I'm grateful you stopped. It would have gotten a lot worse for me if you hadn't. He has an awful temper. Who is he? Ben asked, looking at the man who was now struggling against his restraints and howling in pain from his destroyed wrist. Greg Matei. He was a friend of Devon's, which should have been my first clue. He's always had a thing for me, and since Devon died, he's been persistently pursuing me. I was lonely, so I went on a date. That led to a few more dates, and tonight I caught him arranging a hookup with one of the waitresses from my restaurant downtown. He's no better than Devon. You deserve far better, Ben said. Damn straight I do, she smiled. I'm sorry you got hurt, Ben, but I'm glad you came by. Should I call someone? Let them know you're on your way to the hospital. Again, she said with a smile. Yeah, 
call my place and let Tina know. The paramedics arrived in two separate ambulances. The first crew was looking at Greg, but he wasn't cooperative. He glared back at Ben as the police and paramedics prepared to get him up on the gurney. Rochelle looked him straight in the eye. That's right, Greg. Ben has three women in love with him, and they are all fully invested in the relationship. He shows them respect, and he loves them back. Your pathetic player game is childish and weak compared to Ben, and his dick is twice the size of yours too. Rochelle, Ben interrupted, and she stopped to smile at him. But it's true, I've seen you both. Granted, I haven't seen yours hard. Yet, she grinned. Greg seemed to be withering a little as they placed him on the gurney. The two paramedics kneeling beside Ben were waiting for the first gurney to be moved before they could bring in his. The female paramedic smiled at Ben. Sir, we're going to have to cut these pants off of you, she said. Rochelle grinned at the woman and wiggled her eyebrows. The other paramedic checked Rochelle's back and she winced. Later that night, Ben was resting in the hospital bed, and Hannah was sitting in the chair next to him. Does this injury really warrant a night in the hospital? Ben complained. Hush, you were stabbed, deeply. We're just taking precautions, Hannah chastised him. The doctor said the blade just went through the meat and missed everything vital. Outside of the scar, there's not going to be any long-term effects. Yes. This is all good news, but we are going to keep you in for observations, she said firmly. That paramedic already did too much observing. Rochelle, too, he grumbled. What? What did they do? she asked. She said she had to cut my pants off as they snagged on the knife. They got me in the ambulance, and Rochelle was back there with the female paramedic while the other one drove. I was pretty loopy by that point so I didn't notice she'd cut my underwear off too. When I came to, I found the two, making observations of my stuff with their hands. Funny, Rochelle didn't mention that when I spoke to her earlier, Hannah said with a frown. Then, she did mention that when you busted into her home, you called her Linda. She said that you told her Linda was from your past and you couldn't help her. This is something you need to speak with Dr. Granger about, isn't it? Ben looked into her eyes for a moment. Yes. Do you want to talk about it now? The best time to do it would be while it is still fresh in your mind. I can see if she's available, Hannah asked gently. He sighed. Sure. Hannah sent a quick text to Dr. Granger's secretary. I saw Tina in here earlier. How is that going? She asked while she waited for a reply to the text. Tina is doing great. I got her all set up with clothes for going to university this summer and fall. We also set up one of the guest rooms to be Christopher's room. Got him a crib as he was getting too big for the bassinet. A changing table, a baby monitor, and a stroller. You know that asshole. James didn't spend a dime on his son. Outside of diapers because he didn't like the smell. Fuck, I'd like a few minutes alone with the bastard. Hannah smiled, and her phone buzzed. Ah, she's free and will be here momentarily, she looked at Ben. How are you managing juggling time with the three women in your life? They all came to see me earlier, to make sure I was okay. Gabriella is amazing. 
I can't begin to say how much she's helped me. Catherine is incredible as well. So much energy. Tina helps me stay sane. And there aren't just three women in my life. There are four equally wonderful women taking care. Of me. Four? She asked incredulously. The fourth one locks me in her hospital overnight, he grinned. Hannah blushed and swatted his arm. Are you beating my patient? How do you feel about that bat? Ben Dr. Granger quipped as she arrived. I'm out of here before I do something I'll regret, Hannah growled playfully. Ben snagged her hand and brought her knuckles to his lips for a sensual kiss. Shivers running down her spine, she snatched her hand back and left in a huff, poorly hiding her pleased smile. She closed the door on the way out and caught his lingering gaze before she slipped away. Are you always this much of a flirt? the doctor asked. Flirt? Ben asked, puzzled. Ah, okay. Let's put that aside for later. More importantly, I understand you had a bit of an episode with a childhood memory. It's wonderful we can speak about it so soon after you experienced it. Do you recall what triggered it? I was looking in Rochelle's living room window when I saw a man throwing someone down on the floor. I remember that distinctly. I don't remember getting into the house, and I don't remember anything I said until I was on the floor holding the man down, Ben said. In your memory, who was the person being thrown to the floor? Linda. She was one of the girls I was in a foster home with. She was three years older than I was. I think she was eleven at the time, he answered. Who was she to you? She was important, the doctor asked. Yes, she. She. She told me she loved me. She looked out for me for the year I was at that foster home. From day one, she took me under her wing and made sure I was okay. She was like the big sister I never had, Ben said, looking at his hands. What happened to her? She died. He killed her. Ben was silent for a long moment. Who killed her? The doctor asked, trying to get Ben to move the story forward. Rick, the foster father. Why did he do it? Because. Because she. She told him she ate his sandwich, but she didn't. I did. Rick and Maggie only fed us when they felt like it, and I hadn't eaten in days. I stole the sandwich and snuck outside to eat it. Rick came back and discovered it was missing. She must have seen me because she told. Him. She ate it. He screamed and threw her down. You were eight. Did you try to stop him? Yes. I ran back into the house, and he was standing over her. She was already dead. He broke her neck against the heating rad. Tears ran down Ben's face unnoticed. He stared at his hands without seeing them. What happened next, Ben? She prompted gently. Rick saw the crust of the sandwich in my hand and knew she'd lied. He screamed at me and slapped the bread from my hand. Then he slapped me hard across the face and told me that I'd made him do it. I'd made him kill her, and he had no choice but to kill me too. He threw me down, and my head hit. The raid too, but it just knocked me unconscious. I woke up in a hospital. Three weeks later, I was in a new foster home. Ben absently rubbed at the tears on his face. His face lost all expression. I'm tired. I'd like to go to sleep now. Is it okay if we end the session here? We'll finish shortly, Ben. We need to address the issue of Linda's death. 
you're carrying some unresolved guilt. Adult Ben can acknowledge that Rick was solely responsible for the death of the young girl. You know this because you told me directly that Rick killed her, unequivocally his fault. But child Ben is holding on to the lie, Rick told him. Rick didn't kill other kids, did he? Ben shook his head. So Linda's death was likely an accident. Rick was guilty of killing her, but there was likely no intent to kill. He was just a bad man who did a terrible, irresponsible thing that resulted in her death. He wanted to discipline her, punish her, hurt her, but he killed her instead. Her death had nothing to do with the sandwich or the lie Linda told to protect you. It was just a horrific result of Rick's reckless and vicious action. Dr. Granger looked into Ben's eyes and saw the pain there. Do you remember her love for you? Ben's breath caught in his chest as Linda's smiling face appeared in his mind. He saw her messy blonde hair, her pale grey eyes, her slight overbite, and the splash of freckles across her upturned button nose. He heard her infectious giggling, and he felt her hugging him tight against her skinny body. He bit his lower lip and nodded with his eyes tightly closed as the tears ran freely down his cheeks. Then you've kept her love alive in your heart all these years. That's a wonderful tribute to her, Granger said with a smile. She'd love that. She certainly wouldn't want you carrying this meaningless pain and guilt. Don't diminish her final beautiful act of love by not understanding she did it for someone she believed deserved it. Just keep remembering her love. Dr. Granger smiled as she watched Ben recall his young friend's love for him. She could see his shoulders relaxing and the pain easing from his brow. Tonight, you stopped your friend from being hurt. The situation reminded you of Linda and you leaped to protect your friend. Linda would be very proud of you. You've grown into a strong and righteous man who acted selflessly and courageously. These are things she would have dreamed for you. Long as you live to the best of your abilities, as you have been, then you're fulfilling her hopes for you and justifying her belief in you. Ben's eyes opened, and she handed him a tissue. I think you should get some rest now. We have another session on Friday morning. We can continue to speak about Linda, or we can go back to the beginning. It's up to you. Sleep well, and I'll see you then. Thank you, Dr. Granger. Good night. Good night, Ben. Ben did sleep well and his dreams were filled with the happy sound of a young girl's giggles.